Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Pony Headcast. I am your host Sam, also known as Ducky O'Brien on Twitch, and we are joined today by our co-host, fellow Prime Ministers, Barry. Hello. <laughs> and Isaiah. <laughs> What's up? Today's episode is on mobilizing the English language and sending it into battle darkest hour. Our email is ponyhackast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Darkest Hour was released on December 2017 in the US. It was directed by Joe Wright. The screenplay was written by Anthony McCartan. It stars Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, Ben Mendelsohn, Lily James, and many more. Currently as of this podcast, it has around tomato score of 85% for critics and 82% for audience. In May 1940, the fate of Western Europe hangs on British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who must decide whether to negotiate with Adolf Hitler or fight on knowing that it could mean a humiliating defeat for Britain and its empire. Why don't we get started? Barry? Um, so I didn't know too much about this film going into watching it. I just knew that uh, it was Gary Oldman uh, portraying Winston Churchill, who if those of you who don't know, he was the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom during most of World War II. I think, uh, was it Neville was before him? Anyway, uh, he's quite a famous character in the UK, probably a little bit less so outside of England. But, you know, he's quite famous for being uh, really <laughs> blunt, really abrasive, and a very forceful personality, which was... Pretty exciting to me coming into this movie to see how Gary Oldman would portray him. Then watching the film, if I had not known it was Gary Oldman going into this film, I would have spent the entire film wondering, oh, who's this Who's this wonderful older British gentleman giving this great performance? <laughs> but it's Gary Oldman. The makeup effects are astonishing. Uh, it's well filmed, incredibly well acted. The story itself is telling the events leading up to Operation Take Everybody's Boats. <laughs> I'm on a boat. Yeah. yeah, to get the British troops off of Dunkirk uh, in World War II and all the little political machinations that were happening behind the scenes at the same time. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. It's a little bit dry, but it was well shot, well executed. Just little elements here and there that I didn't quite enjoy as much, taking some liberties with history. But yeah, <laughs> en- en- enjoyable film. What did you think, Isaiah? Yeah, I really enjoyed this film, honestly, as the first time I watched it. Like, it is dry, for sure, which is why I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I totally get why this movie received all of the Oscar nods that it did, and, you know, Captain doesn't know who Batman is Gordon is incredible in this film, you know? (laughs) He, He definitely carries, like, a lot of the weight of the film, and apparently he also smoked a crap ton of cigars, like, actually smoked real cigars and so he got nicotine poisoning during some of the filming i guess wow oh yeah Yeah. those cigars cost like i don't know like 40 dollars each yeah like a stick and i think he would smoke you would smoke several a couple of filming yeah Yeah. a couple a day probably went ham yeah so much nicotine in there it's pretty impressive he's uh (laughs) he commits to his roles The total budget for the cigars was thirty thousand pounds. Are you serious right now? Thirty thousand oh pounds. I want to be a part of a movie like that one day. Oh my god, dude! What the heck? I would not recommend it to anybody 
if you, unless you <laughs> smoke cigarettes, do not smoke 12 cigars a day. You will actually die. Probably. Probably from the nicotine poisoning, yeah. I remember I bought a friend some cigars to celebrate his birthday, and oh, he, no. got, he got sick immediately smoking it. <laughs> like half a stick? Threw up. Yeah. yeah he, well, he smoked one stick, and then he just puked everywhere. I'm like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> you should not yeah. have pounded that down in 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Was it like an actual, like, full, maybe like six, seven inch cigar? Yeah, it was a full cigar. Wow. Yeah, and he just smoked Respect the entire to thing. Him. I'm like, just like Jesus, dude. burn the absolute hell out of his tongue <laughs> in the process. Yeah, I don't know how he did it or why he did it, but not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. But yeah, I I think this is such an interesting film. And yeah, they do take a lot of liberties with history, but it's still like a very interesting look into that time period. And if you've also seen Dunkirk, like the two movies, you see how well they kind of mesh together unintentionally. Man, we should do Dunkirk next. Just equally as dry. <laughs> Everyone was like, man, I thought it'd be an action movie, but I'm so upset because there was no action. <laughs> awesome. But what'd you end up uh, thinking about it? Because this was your first watch, right, Sam? Yep, yep. Uh, I think this is the end of Evangelion equivalent to World War II. <laughs> And what I mean by that is... Uh, oh, yes, please explain. <laughs> uh, if you don't know anything about World War II, if you watch it out of context, I think it's not going to be that enjoyable. Uh, so me. Yeah, yeah, so you, yeah. What I mean by that is, first of all, I, I enjoy the heck out of this movie, but again, it's covering a very short span of time over something very specific. And if you don't yeah. know about it or don't care about it, uh, the way that the narrative is structured, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't flesh out a lot for people who don't know what's happening. But it gives it enough to color it uh, and to give you like a, a little bit of ambiance, a little bit of background, but it dives straight into it and goes from there. So it's like a person who never heard of World War II or any, knows anything about it, it's just going to be a little, little lost there, you know? If you've not heard of World War II, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're what living in a first ten percent of the world were you not affected <laughs> it's the guy who survived world war one but is living in a cave because he thinks the war is still going on and comes out and it's like what oh the, you know the japanese dude on the yeah, island the for like 40 years who still yep, thought he was yep. fighting in world war Two. yeah exactly yeah. exactly it's that guy um <laughs> but uh that said yeah i think the narrative structure is is a little weak on its own i think isolated from everything else uh like if you're watching it it doesn't really educate you a lot it doesn't really it, yeah, it's more yeah. like a historical drama it's a drama it's it's like a drama really yeah uh, yeah it's a political drama i would put it in that way but yeah mm. there's like not a lot of hand-holding either uh i, I like that i respect that. yeah yeah i appreciate yeah. that though especially like they don't explain british parliament well they don't yeah they don't <laughs> so if you don't know british politics you're kind of lost you're like you know? what's going on why are people yelling at each other what is this <laughs> who is that what is his role it's yeah like, what is nothing is explained why are all these old white dudes yelling at each other yeah i don't get it no it's awesome at the same time <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes it great you know yeah, it's great one thing that did get me though was uh the speeches of churchill 
in, you see in the movie are actually based off of his real speeches, which are available mm-hmm. right now for to the public on on the internet. You can look it up on YouTube. I like how they kind of took the highlights out of it because his actual speeches are super long. I wouldn't say super long, but like forty minutes. You know, like for one of the speeches. Yeah, uh, his radio one, and just listening to the words though, I think. It's something that's lost in today's day and age where we just have these short quips, short clips, short highlight reels, short whatever. Two-second soundbite. Yeah, two-second soundbite <laughs> where, you know, like people aren't used to like just listening to someone talk and uh, think about what they're saying. And like Churchill, his words were incredibly powerful and like it, it grabbed me, like it pulled me in because, yeah. yeah, it's it's that good. And man, like... I wish people spoke like that nowadays. I, I wish people, we had like masters of, of speaking. Uh, you're, you're mobilizing the English language and sending it to battle. You know, I think that was mm-hmm. a line from the movie and stuck with me. And it just reminds me how powerful words can be uh, for good or for bad. Yeah, world leaders no longer speak like that because people are dumb. <laughs> and when somebody speaks smart, uh, it, it's threatening. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you have, like, Obama delivering a speech at roughly, like, a third grade level, you know, vocabulary. <laughs> hey, he's a Harvard Law graduate. He yeah, can, no. Man is a genius. You know, <laughs> but the speeches are deliberately simple so that dumb people are not threatened by them. It's too uh, guilt of the masses. It's a sad day. But yeah, yeah, speeches are great. Everything else is great about the movie, though. I, I'm, I'm looking at clips right now. But yeah, it's shot well. Uh, the props costuming is done well. The editing is done well. Transitions are done well. The acting is done well. At, like again, like Gary Oldman as Churchill. I didn't know that was Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is a legend. <laughs> a legend. There's only one part that you can see a tiny bit of Gary Oldman pop out, but you had to know that it was Gary Oldman to begin with, otherwise you haven't, you wouldn't have noticed it. It's like one part was like yelling. And he kind of loses his Churchill voice, and it goes to a, just a teeny bit to the Gary Oldman side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, what an incredible performance. And there's an awesome clip that Barry linked us uh, of Gary Oldman dancing in the fat suit. And it oh, is yeah. amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have to link it. Yeah, we have to link it. We'll put it in the description <laughs> to this podcast. Um, but other than that, I would say very, very straightforward movie. Uh, a little, as a standalone movie, the narrative to me at least is a little bit weak. Uh, but other than that, I think worth watching. I think one thing that I took out of it was words are powerful, words are incredible. We should value it and uh, we should continue to develop. Uh, Speaking like this, speaking like, intelligently. Like those skills, yeah. Yeah, like those skills. And being able to listen and comprehend, just think about what people are saying. Yeah. One of the reasons I find not only this film, but just like World War II in general, what's so fascinating to me is that literally people were utilizing words to mobilize and literally start wars. And it was the words of people like a few great men, a few great leaders who were able to literally change the course of history. I don't know. Because you look at people like Hitler, and, you know, everyone hates Hitler, everyone shits on him, but he was, like, 
an incredible orator. He was able to stir yeah. German people into doing literal like atrocities. <laughs> yeah. Right? But like yeah. how incredible of a speaker must he have been to be able to inspire people on this huge nationalist like a national level, right? To inspire the German people to like go to war, to conquer more land, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this made me realize that words are indeed powerful the pen is mightier than the sword in this regard unless you're in an actual fight uh then uh, you might lose unless you're unless you have a pencil yeah you're a pencil you're john wick (laughs) (laughs) yeah anything that stuck out to you barry like um mostly the camera work there's some really okay there's some really nice dolly shots backing Mm -hmm. like through the hallways it was something they made use of uh, a lot um, some creative framing uh, that you make a lot of use of doorways and yeah. you know hallways to like frame the actors and get like a little bit more intimacy in the frame. I quite liked it. All the shots of Parliament look just fantastic. Uh, the scene composition is great. <laughs> and then I sent you guys the video of like the 500 extras singing "Hey yes. Dude," right? <laughs> yeah, those are all real people. Those are extras. That's incredible. Yeah, it gives you That's an appreciation amazing. for the art of cinema. Yeah, creating a scene like that is just so much work. Yeah, and then it was like five hours of makeup every day for Gary Oldman or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to Churchillize himself. Churchillize. And I've I've read and watched a little bit about this film, but his accent, the specific accent, uh, the idiolect he takes, is remarkably accurate to Winston Churchill. Mm. Like under heavy scrutiny, it is very very good. Wow. Um, so it. Like, all, every enunciation, all the syllables, like, the delivery, it is as close as you can get without being actual Winston Churchill, I think. So, very impressive. A lot of lot of dedication from Oldman. Obviously, he's famous for disappearing into his roles, but this one, mm-hmm. more than just about anything else I've seen him in, is, is absolutely remarkable. Indeed. Just looking at all these stills, I forgot how much of this film is just people sitting around talking. Yeah, like that is probably ninety, maybe ninety-five percent of this movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. It's just uh, old white dudes. <laughs> the only non-white dudes standing around talking shots are like the the top-down like uh, views of the the war the war in Europe, mm-hmm. which popped up a couple times. I found it a little bit jarring. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess it, I guess it was at least visually interesting, um, and it kind of put you in the moment a little bit. I remember the uh, specifically the scene where they zoom in and then pull back out from that uh, secondary encampment. Oh, what was the beach? Normandy. No, was it Normandy? I don't think it was Normandy. I don't know my World War Two history anymore. It's been Wait, a while which ago. which beach? The not Dunkirk beach with the, the second unit. Dunkirk beach. Oh, uh. Man, I can't remember. Yeah, it's not important. The other one. <laughs> the other, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> the other one. The forgettable one. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a great shot and I liked it. Um, but it kinda pulled me out of the moment a little bit. I guess I guess it was to make it feel a little bit more personal, add more weight to like the kind of decisions they're making. Like mm. for those unfamiliar, um basically the entire British army had to pull back from France because France got its butt kicked. And the entire army, like some four hundred thousand troops or something. Had pulled back to Dunkirk Beach, 
and were completely encircled by uh, German forces there with really no retreat because the Luftwaffe, the uh, German air forces, had complete aerial superiority and extracting yeah. troops by boat with no air superiority or nothing to contest it with means you're going to get lose all of your troops, essentially. So they were basically trapped. Yeah, their, their fleets were out of position. Their air force was heavily, like, outmanned. And it was just a really shit situation and put a lot of pressure on Britain to basically surrender to uh, the Hitler. And the Hitler. This, and, <laughs> yeah. And this movie is all about the events leading up to um, Operation Take Everyone's Boats at Dunkirk. Yes, a bunch of British fishermen were like, hey, let's go save our boys and literally just go pick them up in boats, like yep. fishing boats. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, yeah. It is crazy. For reference, watch Dunkirk by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Which you might cover next, who knows. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. it. I, I mean, it's, you know, leading up to it at the end of this film. But it's the prequel to Dunkirk. You're right, you're right. It's the historical prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at Dunkirk, yeah, the German forces, they would literally just, like, do a bombing run, and they're like, hey, we're out of bombs. Let's just go back to base, get some more bombs, and then just do the same thing, like, every couple hours. And the, the whole time, there's literally nothing that the soldiers uh, could do. They're just standing there on Dunkirk, Tragic. trying not to die. Yeah, and that's just what Dunkirk's about. Interesting film, though, for sure. Very, very slow. Very dry, but very interesting. Yeah. I've not seen it yet. Was that the one really? with uh, Bane? Yes, Bane flies airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the darkness. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. Oh, that voice is not terrifying. Oh, if I heard that, yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> who are you, mister? <laughs> Are you okay? Do you, you need a friend? You were merely adopted. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, my my main takeaways from this film are that Churchill lived a great life. All he did, he woke up, drank, went to lunch, drank, smoked cigars, drank. smoked cigars, drank, <laughs> had late dinner, drank some more. What a what a boss! Won some wars, drank. <laughs> Drank and then uh, got kicked out of office <laughs> and drank more. There's alcohol in like every third shot in this film. It's wonderful. Yeah, they're There's trying so to keep it smoking. historically accurate. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I will say that there were no remarkable brands that stuck out to me, in, in particular whiskeys. I don't think they were trying to promote anything there. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it classy. <laughs> Keeping it classy. It'd be funny if it was like Lafroy or something. <laughs> I've, I've got some Ardberg in my desk right now. I might pull some out. Oh, what is superior? Um, I like Lafroy a little bit better, but yeah. this is a pretty nice Ardberg. It's the Oa. Very smoky. Very wonderful. Try to look forward to the whiskey cast coming soon. <laughs> like drinking a campfire. Yep, here's another shot of him drinking whiskey again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's just on a plane with a bunch of soldiers, and then there's just that a That would glass. be a drinking game. Every time Churchill drinks, you drink. <laughs> you will literally die from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no joke. No joke. The lifestyle he led was quite famously abrasive to everything, everything else around him. Just chain-smoking cigars and drinking and being drunk, day drunk around everyone. I think one of his famous quotes are he's, he was at a dinner party and a female acquaintance says, said, Mr. Churchill, I do believe you're drunk, 
And he replied, yes, but tomorrow I, I will be sober and you, my dear, will still be ugly. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> like, oh. Wars have power. <laughs> Burn. This is how he won the war. <laughs> Churchill's so, on hold back. Yeah. <laughs> Churchill was the OG. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah, we don't negotiate with ugly. Get out of here. As the young people would say, he has no chill. Yeah. <laughs> As the young people. <laughs> Overall, Sam, would you say you like this film? Yeah, yeah, I definitely like it. Mm-hmm. I definitely like Churchill more because of this. Just specifically, you know, I don't know much about him, but just his mastery of words, using it for what he thinks, at least according to the movie, what he, what he thought was for the good of the British people. Yeah, it just made me think about how, you know, I mean, we're doing a podcast, so we, we're using words too, like how how powerful words can be, so we should take mm-hmm. some care and effort into making sure we're using them properly. But in this day and age of like things like Twitter, where you just say whatever's on your mind without thinking of the consequences, and then people uh, responding in kind without really listening, makes me kind of a, a little bit sad. Yeah, but wouldn't you also say that this is largely an age of censorship? Not fully external, but also like internalized, very much of like, these are things you can say, these are things you cannot say. I I totally agree, because I was mentioning this to Barry, Mm -hmm. to you guys, before we started, how I took out a little quip, uh, because I was afraid that, you know, we might might get banned or something. (laughs) So, yeah, 100%. Freedom of speech is so important, and... I believe, I strongly believe that no matter how quote-unquote people are dumb, I still think they're intelligent. They can figure things out for themselves. Uh, I disagree. Well, I mean, with, with time. I'm saying with, with time. With time, all right? <laughs> to a certain degree. I don't, I don't think you can teach a blind man to see. <laughs> I don't think that's how <laughs> or it works. Or you can Im- implant robot eyes in, into him, <laughs> and then now he can see now. But uh, all I'm saying is that yeah, I, I think so. You're right. I think there's a lot of censorship out there now. And it's kind of sad because you don't have this kind of discourse anymore. There's no actual conversation where you say something, you listen to a person, and then you respond. The other person listens and then responds. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can agree to disagree, but through a conversation, you kind of at least reach an understanding of the other person. And uh, that's kind of kind of gone, and it's disappearing. It's still there. Okay, there's a lot of people who are rational, who are who have common sense, who are willing to listen. But yeah, I I agree. We have to at least censor ourselves some, in some areas. If you're on on a platform, let's say <laughs> like podcasting. In the interest of yeah. in the interest of fairness, I will say there was a lot of censorship, but very famously, nobody, oh, yeah, you're right, nobody you're right. could censor when Churchill because he just didn't care. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Especially in Nazi Germany, uh, propaganda. Yeah, it was in uh, the era, the era of undying propaganda. Yep. Also, censorship in the U.S. where uh, journalists were prevent prevented from they're gatekept. You know, like they're like you can release this, you can't until they release laws to protect them. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree, but I think it's a little more it's a little more harsh now. Yeah, I think especially in the case of journalism, that's like more rampant than ever, where Mm. a lot of journalists are just told, hey, you're not allowed to say this. You can't show these things. And they just won't be given a platform for it, you know? Yeah. So 
it's kind of a scary time where the journalists are essentially being held back from speaking truths. This is uh, kind of relevant because I recently watched Joe Rogan uh, interview Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a good episode, and I was enlightened because I thought, uh, I'll be honest, like I didn't do my research when all that stuff happened. I didn't care. I thought For it was a traitor Snowden? to the country. What? Oh, oh yeah, just yeah, the, Snowden, the yeah, history Snowden. behind Snowden. Okay. Yeah, the history behind Snowden when he started leaking those documents and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Because uh, I highly value loyalty to one's country and company. And when he explained mm-hmm. it, I was like, I understand because our constitutional rights are being eroded by our, our government. And, uh, but it's yeah. kind of interesting. It sort of relates to, to this in that, you know, <laughs> you can yeah, surrender. It's to, crazy because yeah. Snowden was like, hey, look, our government is doing all these evil things like spying on American citizens, citizens on yeah. home soil without their consent. The government was like, oh, man, we got to kill this man. He's a traitor. <laughs> traitor to the cause. We need a Churchill. We need a Churchill. But he was literally just like, the people must know the truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People must know the truth so they can vote on it or decide for themselves. Like, it's a democracy, you know? Yeah. And withholding the truth from people inhibits their ability to respond and act in kind. Yeah, make an informed decision. If there's no information, how are you supposed to decide on something that you don't know about? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Long. Little tangent, but yeah. A little tangent there. I I still think that it's like a relevant topic to the film, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And one funny thing, like, uh, so people, Mm -hmm. John Oliver was interviewing people by, you know, Snowden, and no one recognized him. (laughs) It's sad. No one cares. (laughs) But like... They're talking about like how your information is it's no longer personal. No one cared until they phrased it this way. Like what if the government can see your uh, junk shots, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Your crotch shots that you're sending to people. <laughs> and then they're like, Oh no, this is a travesty. We can't have that. <laughs> this now is that a crosses the line. Yeah. This is that my would probably junk. make me a little bit happier to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> Bears like show me show me all of them. <laughs> I wanna see. <sighs> Well, it's like if I had to pick the government going through like all of my personal information, or just like some poor, like CIA officer going through dick pics all day. <laughs> like, like it's probably somebody's job to filter out dick pics, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's unfortunate, man. Yeah, this is unfortunate. Like the intern of getting rid of dick pics or making sense of dick pics. Mm. corroborating dick pic evidence that would be probably the worst job imagine being straight out of college you're like man i'm gonna work for the government i'm gonna go into (laughs) cybersecurity. your job is dick pic hunter (laughs) like oh man i'm interning at the nsa what do they have you doing i don't want to talk about it (laughs) you can't talk about it no i don't want to i just don't want to (laughs) oh my god dude that would be such a funny comedy bit where it's all how you're doing. <laughs> and that's how all these uh, government officials get caught sending inappropriate pictures. It's someone's job at the NSA. Yeah, I mean, like, look at look at this film. Like, they have a little department. They have, like, the map room. They have the communications yeah, the department. Room, yeah. They have, mm-hmm. like, secretaries, interpreters, stuff like that. And there's, there's, as time has gone on, people have become more and more compartmentalized, especially in intelligence. And at the NSA, they're experts on, like, everything. Um, they hire true, most, true. a lot of mathematicians, actually. Like, a lot of mathematicians. Good old hunting. Good old hunting. 
most of the top mathematicians in the com- in the country go into into uh, national security, but yeah, there's probably several people who are specialized in identifying penises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking them guess. back to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm an think expert, about that. Uh, think about that yeah. for a moment. To hunt down terrorists through dick pics. This is truly a revolutionary time that we live in. Wow. I mean, you joke. Imagine the number of terrorists who are like super uptight about their security, and then you get like some cute girl messaging you, like, "Hey, let me see that dick." And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "We got him. <laughs> we got him, balls. We got him. We got him by the balls." <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Okay, I don't think we can beat that. <laughs> People have been caught stupid ways in history, my friend. Oh my god! Even some some of the stories out of World War II would make you like, it would make your eyes fall out of your head if you heard about how they how they were resolved. Like um, like we hid we hid the fact that we had radar. They always hid the fact that we had radar oh, yeah, for a yeah. very long time by lying to people and saying that. All of our uh, fighter pilots were eating extra carrots because they gave them better eyesight. Yep. Wow. And people believed it. People still believe that. I believe people that. People still believe that. I, I wear glasses. Ra- it's so radar. Like, yeah. We have radar. <laughs> I want to eat carrots so I can see better without my glasses. Yeah. So, I mean. I've been lied to. Genius propaganda. <laughs> Just genius. Like shaping a message. As this movie shows, like this various speeches that he gave, and all that were absolutely critical to the war effort in World War Two. They did some crazy stuff to rouse like public approval, to like misdirect the enemy. Like their mm-hmm. entire operation during Normandy uh, involved creating a completely fake army, like a, an entire fake division of the army, mm-hmm. to convince Hitler that they were going to land in uh, what was it Norway instead. And they had like hundreds of like inflatable tanks, and they had like an, a small army of uh, radio operators that were sitting in the same room next to each other, delivering coded messages about their imminent invasion to Norway, stuff like that. Like the mm. intelligence and counterintelligence operations during the war were fairly fairly elaborate, given their limited technology. Yeah, and it's just so interesting to learn about. Like, even have you guys seen Enigma Code with a uh, Benedictine Cumbersnouch? Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I've not seen it. It's it's a great movie where he's like this genius mathematician, Turing. Alan Turing, right? Who pretty much the just makes computers. Yeah, who pretty much made a computer in order to solve the Enigma code genius that the Germans were using. The OG NSA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the joke is that he didn't make a computer. He's just searching through dick pics, <laughs> and that's how he solved it. Guys, oh man, I you're gonna want to watch this movie now. <laughs> Yeah, I need to watch it now. I need to know how I did it. Yeah, on that note, uh, wow, why don't we end there? <laughs> I do have one, yeah. one criticism in this film. The penultimate okay. yes, yes. scene where uh-huh. Churchill's in the underground on the subway. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that shit didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen at all. Um, how disappointing. As far as I touching. know, it was like... I don't know. It felt really manufactured to me, like extremely manufactured. Like the entire movie is a bunch of old white guys talking, and then like for for five brief minutes we get like a black guy and <laughs> some some women <laughs> who who aren't you know just like radio operators. Yeah. yeah. I, when we got to that scene, I, I was thinking to myself like this looks suspiciously 
like there was a studio mandate memo that got sent from the top that says there's not enough diversity in this movie. And then <laughs> and they're like, well, there was not a lot of diversity in 1942 England. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fair point. And then I I looked it up after and that's actually what happened. That's actually 100% what happened. They manufactured the entire thing to get like to put some more minorities in and then like give <laughs> Give a little bit of a rousing heartfelt moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's about I, I still right. enjoyed it though. I enjoyed know? it. I, I yeah, I didn't care about the minority part. Screw diversity. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. Yeah, I like that part because it's like the people are like, we won't, we won't surrender. We'll fight to the last man. I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, say no to Hitler, to evil. Back when politicians actually cared about what you know the people had to say. <laughs> we demand our right to keep our dick pics private. That's in the Constitution. This podcast has just been derailed. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Barry. Uh, thank you, Barry. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate. Well, I'm you. sorry. You you know I'm probably right. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. No, yeah, you're probably. probably right. Yeah, you are. Yeah, it's just something I never considered before. Yeah, I didn't consider it until now, and now the image won't it's, leave it's my head. It's a premise I just had never previously even. <laughs> <laughs> not possible <laughs> but now that you mention it i agree with that uh, sentiment yeah, yeah i yeah. mean I, I, don't, I don't care too much about my privacy they want to look at look at these nuts all day they can <laughs> on that note uh closing yeah, thoughts on that note, yeah. on that note, closing, yeah, on that thoughts. note closing thoughts you're right yep. um yeah i mean we've we've already pounded this into the dirt but just astonishing performance from gary oldman and really the entire cast um ben mendelson plays king king george was it king george is that right here is george okay he he has a he has an interesting performance like it's yeah. very the entire movie is very takes a lot of liberties with history winston churchill's character is mostly i from from what what i do know of world war ii it's mostly there um, he was probably a, m- a bunch bigger asshole in real life than the screen portrays him as. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a nice film, well shot, well executed. Probably not for everyone because it's a bit it is a bit dry. It's just a bunch of old white dudes talking for ninety minutes, but enjoyable nonetheless. I will give this mm-hmm. movie a. Mm, oh, it's tough to rate it because yeah, every. It is. I feel like I feel like I'm mostly just rating Gary Oldman's performance. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, true, true. He won an Oscar Here's for this, movie. right? Yeah, he won an Oscar, yeah, yeah. Golden Globe. This was his first Oscar, actually. Man, what a shame. To him. Yeah. Mostly because I feel people just don't know that it's Gary Oldman when <laughs> they watch a movie. You know what? I'm gonna have to give this eight Suicide Squads based wow. on the strength of the okay. performance alone. All right. All right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy this film. I understand that it's not by any means like completely historically accurate, but I feel like they really do pay homage and do a really good job of developing the character of Winston Churchill. And you really empathize with him and you kind of root for him. Like Gary Oldman does a good job of making Winston Churchill, you know, the old crouchy asshole into like a likable person. Yeah. <laughs> And someone that you, you know, come to respect, and even though all the details aren't exactly accurate, it's like you still get the general gist, and I feel like it paints a decent picture of that time period, so 
enjoyable movie. Mm. Definitely not something I'd recommend to most people, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you don't have a background or a good extensive background in World War II history. Like, you're just not going to get it. Like, especially Parliament. It's like, I don't understand what's going on. It's just <laughs> white dudes, you know, yelling at each Leader other. Of the opposition. <laughs> Or if you don't, if you have any trouble understanding British accents, this movie will literally be incomprehensible to you. You're not going to understand a single word Gary Oldman says. <laughs> it's also just his speech in general is difficult to understand. But I would give this, I want to say seven and a half. Mm, okay. that, that feels right to me. Like this movie right. is a seven and a half. And 90% of that is just Gary Oldman, you know, mm. being Gary Oldman. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, Gary Oldman's performance, I gave a 10. The movie, I'm going to give a 7. Again, I'm going to say it's the end of Evangelion of World War II, but better. So, <laughs> without the context, it kind of loses a little bit of relevance to you as you're watching it. Because mm-hmm. I think the pacing and how quickly things happen and how it references things without giving a lot of background information... Uh, my take of viewer out of it a, a little bit but it's so well done that even if you know nothing i think you can still enjoy the movie but you'll mm. definitely get more out of it if you if you know more about world war ii or care about it at all or these characters uh that said gary oldman's performance is so strong i think it carries the film regardless and i yeah. think i'll be okay with recommending to it uh to people who like uh just dramas in general because it's just people talking that's it and any uh any last things to add in <laughs> man you guys have to watch that movie of gary oldman dancing in the fat suit yes i'm gonna put that in the description <laughs> that's incredible yeah all right all right okay well uh barry gave it an eight isaiah gave it a 7.5 and i gave it a seven again this is our suicide squad rating scale it's a little different well, let's just end here then thanks for dropping by guys stay pointy Oh, that's too fast. <laughs> uh, Stay pointy. <laughs> Stay pointy. <laughs> testing, testing. Okay. Put the microphone in your testing, mouth. Testing, testing. Testing, testing, <laughs> testing. <laughs> <laughs>